What's up, banana bunch? Trying the long intro this time. You clicked the button, so you know what I'm going to say. Another episode of the Jungle Gyms podcast is upon us. Welcome back. This is my post-Thanksgiving sweatpants-wearing episode of the show. I encourage all of you to match my slovenly appearance during this trying time. Come on. I know I'm not the only one who went on a food bender for the last week, okay? It was delicious, but now I'm mad at myself. And we all got to deal with it together. Are you in stretchy clothing right now, too? Great. Well, we have so much in common. Before we get down to business, though, I'm still striving for our goal of 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts before the end of December. Every review helps us keep our standing in the charts, and I like setting goals because when you set goals, it means that they're more easily achieved. It's kind of weird how that works, actually. Next up, I will make $10 million in sponsorships and fan donations. Regardless, sharing the show and writing a quick review of it on Apple Podcasts is the easiest and cheapest way to show love for our show, or really any show that you love. So if you want to write two reviews, do ours first, then do it for the other show that you like. Here, let me read you a review that came in recently so that you can all feel a little more confident in writing one yourself. This one comes from cam one two three four five six seven seven eight nine nine and it reads and i quote jungle gyms is one of the most unique shopping experiences on earth and mark is like a great cheese to go with this fine wine i love getting to see behind the curtain and how this crazy place runs and i really enjoy the other eclectic content in every episode this is more than just another food podcast it's an experience end quote well, thanks, Cam. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight, nine, nine. I absolutely agree. And I, you know what? I almost feel like I need to add that to my list of slogans, right? More than just another food podcast, it's an experience. You can only say it in this voice, too, right? The voice that I've worked my whole life to acquire. Uh, quick thanks to uh, Terrence Stamp speaking class, as well as to my vocal trainer, Jamie Vendera, and his Dr. Vokes that I've been using here. All right, beautiful. Okay. What's on the menu at the jungle for this week? Well, it's that time of year where everyone's cooking a little bit more. We're spending more time around family and friends. Some of us are enjoying that time. Some of us are tweeting aggressively about it. And maybe, maybe you all need to brush up your skills the same way that I do. So I thought it would be great to dive into our very own cooking school here at the jungle. You know what? I bet you didn't even know we had a real cooking school here. It's Ohio's largest cooking school and one of the state's oldest schools, too. We're going to be chatting with Lee about that in a bit. I'm excited about it. I love cooking, and I think this is a really cool way for you to integrate the products that we have here and then try them literally in the same building. Perfect. We're also meeting up with a passionate creator of produce today, Taylor of Boulderberry Farms. Taylor is an expert in the elderberry, and while you've likely heard about some of its excellent properties with regards to your immune system, he's going to tell you so much more about this. I love capturing passionate people being passionate about this. And get this, the reason he's here is because Jungle Gyms is the first place to carry his products, and I think we all know why. It's because we are the coolest store in the history of existence. Honestly, one of my favorite things about The Jungle is how we act almost like a pilot program for so many up-and-coming brands. 
Many brands that you'd only ever know the name of because we gave them their first shot. And you know what? In the history, the history, in the future of this show, you're going to see a lot of those brands coming through here and telling those stories. I'm really excited to share those with you. And that's why I brought Taylor on in the first place. I'm excited for him to tell you that story, too. But before we dive into the main courses here, I got some fun news and I want to try something out that's a little new and it's something I'd like to do more of in the future. So, of course, let me know how you feel about this. So we here at Jungle Gyms have somewhat quietly launched a very exclusive, incredibly limited series of beers in collaboration with 50 West Brewing here in Cincinnati. And guess what? As of you listening to the show today, Wednesday, release day, it is available in our stores, only in our stores, right? It's super exclusive. Like I said, I said it twice. That's how you know it's really exclusive. That's the third time. What I think, though, would be really fun is if all of you went out this week to either of our locations and picked up a six-pack of cans to try with us next week on the show, as I will be joined then by a bunch of the crew from 50 West, as well as our resident beer expert, Ferdinand, and you know what? Maybe, maybe, just maybe, we can even get Jungle to come in and try the new brew. Okay, it's a spoiler. He's definitely going to come in, but the point is, in the future... I would love to kind of make these uh, little taste tests, as it were, a little more interactive, right? I'd love to be able to tell you all about something that's coming up on a show, an upcoming episode, so that you can come in, grab it, and then taste along with me. I just think that sounds like a lot of fun. And again, this beer is a very limited release, so I would recommend grabbing that sixer as soon as you can. Do you like this idea as an audience member? Just let me know. You can shoot me an email at podcast at junglegyms.com or... Give me a call at 1-513-674-6855. You can talk to me about whatever you want, really, but I really enjoy getting feedback on the show. Now, you know how I do. If you want to skip around on the show, the time codes are left in the show notes. Otherwise, it's time to buckle up, baby. We've got a cooking school inside of our Fairfield store. How awesome is that? Again, I I know I said this before, but not only can you find products here that you've never heard of before or some brand new brand, (laughs) you say I'm tying this back into the rest of the episode, but you can actually learn how to properly use them all in the same trip. I literally love this place. It makes sense to me why, you know, channels like the Travel Channel have been out here to cover this, especially at the holiday times. Now, after a year off because of COVID, I should mention that we all are very excited to finally be offering in-person classes again, with just a few changes, especially, well, changes if you've been to the cooking classes before. If not, this is all new to all of us, but really notably here, we're doing way more hands-on training and we've shrunk the classes down. You can get a ton of details on all of this, however, under the venue section on junglegyms.com. And there you'll see a little link for the cooking school where you can find the upcoming schedule of classes as well as register for classes. And even cooler, we've actually started planning for the annual, well, pre-COVID annual, (laughs) 2022 trip to Italy with the cooking school. Yeah, trip to Italy. I'm here for it. Let's hope I get invited on that trip. More information on that is on the site as well, but don't let me spoil it all. Instead, meet the expert behind the cooking school, Lee. Hi, Lee. Hi. 
Well, I think I told the audience this, and just in case, thank you very much for providing me all of the gear, providing, excuse me, I don't know how to speak, actually, as a professional talker, it's frustrating, uh, but for providing me all the gear I needed for the taste test, I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah, save me a little money, cut the budget down, so that was awesome. So tell me, Lee, uh, obviously it's been a weird couple of years, I'm assuming, uh, since you're just now reopening, it's October when we're doing this interview, um, you're just now reopening the cooking school, right? We are after a year and a half. Wow. We did do virtual classes uh, during the last year, year and a half, but now we're back to in-person classes. How, how did virtual classes work at a cooking school? You know, it was easier than I originally thought it might be. Mm-hmm. We did our classes on Zoom and set up a, a big TV, a big monitor, and um, I cooked in the school and People cooked with me from all over the United States. Um, if you were close and you wanted to pick up an ingredient kit, we had pre-measured kits available, which made it super easy. Anybody can cook if you have everything already cut up and ready to go. Right. And every <laughs> single class, everything turned out. I was amazed. That's awesome. I, I was kind of wondering about that. And the ingredient kit, that's brilliant. I figured, like you, I think you said it so eloquently that, yeah, anybody can cook, especially it's like following instructions. Exactly. You know? and Look then, at Ikea. Of course. And then they could see what we were doing and ask questions. Uh, We had a couple things where maybe they needed to tweak, but they could bring their camera close and I could see what was wrong and make a suggestion and get it fixed. No kidding. That's really cool. How long have you been doing this here in the jungle? I started teaching here as a guest instructor in 2005 and took over as the director in 2010. Awesome. What were you doing beforehand? I, w- I owned a geriatric care management practice. Wow. Okay. So then how did that translate into, was like cooking always a love for you or? Cooking always was. Definitely. So it makes sense too. Yeah. And what I keep finding about this place is that the jungle is very good at finding people with passion and skills and putting them in a place where they need to shine. I think you're right. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, now, now that the classes are opening back up, is this, I mean, is everything pretty much fully back for lack of a, I have, you know, I've wanted to take one of your classes probably since 2005. So I know very little except that I know our uh, setup is incredible up there. Right. And we've done a few different things. Um, over the last year and a half, we did a little bit of remodeling. Okay. Uh, we've actually decreased our classes, our class size and decreased the number of people working in a group. So if mm-hmm. you take a hands-on class, you're working now with two okay. instead of four. And we've decreased our demonstration classes to 12. So you're sitting right around the counter. Um, It's just a lot more personable. And I think it's going to be a great experience for our students and guests. Well, you know, in a weird way, I think you probably also get a little more, um, how should I say, just like personal, you know, it's an individual experience. Right. But then we have people who are complaining because we had a class called Gifts from the Kitchen Mm -hmm. that we did for 25 years. Um, we would do three to five classes in one week, the same class over and over. Some people only came to that one every single year, and they really? all sold out. We'd do hundreds of people in a week. We're wow. not doing it yeah. every year, same week, first week in November, and they're calling and calling, but we can't do it with 12 people. It's just not economically yeah, feasible. Oh, that's so. a disappointment, but I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Uh, and it is nice to see that we're making the decisions that are like right for people on the whole. Yeah. You know, and not just caving immediately. And we have two groups of people. We have the people who have been coming here for 26 years, and then you have younger people who they want to come and they want the experience. They don't want to sit and watch me cook. Right. They want to cook themselves. Yeah. 
So, a little bit of both, you know. Yeah, and That's we've changed fun. it upstairs. It looks really cool. We brought um, Jungle's mom's tables in. Oh, um, cool. That, yeah, that just happened, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, from their house, and it's, it's coming together. We're not quite done yet, but you can you can see what it's going to be like. Um, so it looks different, which is, you know, that makes it a little different for people. Yeah. So That's really cool. Yeah. Um, did you... Um, do you ever use the grill area still? Is that oh, still we thing? use it all the time. I'm, I'm just waiting for it. I'm hoping for the smells to show up in my yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, when we grill, people stand on there and they're like, what are they doing up there? Yeah. yeah. But there's still so many people who don't know we have a cooking school. It's amazing. I, I was embarrassed. I think I told you when we went through to get the gear that day where I was like, oh, I didn't even know we had this path. I like looked up kind of. Right. I just didn't think it was right. a thing. I thought it was just a pathway, you know, and then yep. to find out that that's a thing. That's yeah. so cool. What are some of the classes that are coming up right now? We try to have something for everyone, and we've got um, a few demo classes on board um, starting. I think the demo classes don't start until November, and lots of hands-on because that's really popular with our students. And we have everything from handmade pasta, uh, where you get in there and knead and really have to work, to some things that are maybe a little bit easier. Steak is always um, very popular <laughs> here. It, may, it never ceases to amaze me how much steak we we eat in really? the cooking school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have, you know, something for everyone and you can find it online um, and find something that suits you. I was looking at the, uh, I saw a few about that were like Mediterranean dining themed. I thought that sounded really interesting. Yes. Our first class is sold out and that's a Mediterranean influence with some stuffed chicken. It's a great menu. Do you have a favorite class that you like to teach? Well, I'll tell you over uh, COVID, when we were doing virtual classes, the most popular class was pizza, hand down, hands down, handmade pizza, mm-hmm. followed by handmade pasta. So kind of comfort foods and, um, but I like teaching all different things. Well, it's sort of funny because I think there was that internet trend where everybody was learning to bake bread last yes. March. <laughs> I never fell into that. Handmade pasta would have been incredible, though. I feel like that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, and we're doing that next week. Oh, I might have to stop in for that. I, I I really like the idea that I could do it somewhere else because I'm like, oh, I don't really necessarily want to clean up my kitchen after this. Well, if I could clean someone else's, I'm very interested. Well, that's the nice thing about class. You come up, it's pre-measured, you're ready to go, and oh. somebody does your dishes. Oh, all right. So what you're really telling me is I only want to cook in the cooking school now. That's right. That's where I like to cook, where you have a sous chef and a classroom assistant. Yeah, right. it's the way to go. Honestly, all of it would be fun. I'm just one of those people that enjoys existing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the handmade pasta, I don't know why that was so popular over COVID. I, I think it was comfort food. Yeah. And it's different because we do that one, we're doing all by hand. You're mixing it by hand, kneading it by hand, rolling it by hand. We're not using machines because people didn't have machines in their house. Right. Because we used to do pasta class with a machine. Oh, really? Yeah. So That would would still be fun. But I think there is that. I think what I noticed during COVID is that there was like people wanted that, I don't know, like tactile thing, right? I guess because you weren't getting it in other ways, right? You normally go meet someone or see them in person. And so now, yeah, it's like actually being able to play with it. Yeah. As silly as that sounds. Yeah, but it is. I I think all the time about how food really is kind of just another art form. We just kind of don't think about it that way because we eat the art, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I was like surprised like for that Miami class, they didn't know how many people to expect, and I'm so surprised that they're doing it again yeah. virtually when they don't have to do it virtually, right? Because it was it was really popular. So, wow. well, hey, whatever works. Yeah. Works for me. The virtual class that's a cool and that's a cool idea too. And it's one of those that it makes so much sense now that I think about it. But right. And actually, the virtual class is easier because really? all I have to do is do my little prep. Sure. Turn on the TV. Yeah, exactly. Um, Here's what we're doing. Right. 
and then watch weird people in their house drinking at 11 o'clock in the morning. And- <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be one of those weird people. <laughs> <laughs> no, we saw all kinds of things. I'm sure. Uh-huh. That's a whole different show, I think. Yeah. It's just uh-huh. like, what did, what did everybody see in virtual classes? Yeah. I met an old teacher friend of mine this weekend, briefly, and she was telling me all kinds of wild stories. And she's teaching, I think, mostly, like I think she's like eighth grade through seniors. And she was very interested in telling me the disparity between how she's like, you know, the, the like the younger, the, whatever, the freshmen and what have you, they are a wildly different group than she's expected previously because they really haven't had two years of in-person socialization. So she's like, in a weird way, they're mature about certain things that the other kids weren't at that right. time. But in another way, it's also like having sixth graders yeah. who are 15. Well, it makes sense. And it's very, yeah, just a, it's been a wild time. I, mm-hmm. The world's going to change. And, or, I mean, it already has, I right. guess, but just so interested in it. Yeah, and it's just fun to see people's houses and they don't realize that that camera goes like this, that you're not just looking at. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it starts small where they're like picking their teeth exactly. or something, mm-hmm. you know, and then by the end, it's just like, oh, you've really invited me into your living room. Yep. And yeah, I'm so conscious about it. I had one, I remember I had one call last year with some friends. We were writing something last spring. And I had a buddy who was like, do you know you're picking your teeth on camera? I was like, yeah, I just don't care. It was like, I was like, it's like you and one of my other best friends. I'm sure you see me do worse at this point. You know, no judgment. At least we're having fun. But yep. nice to have someone in my life that was just like, hey, you might be embarrassing Yeah, yourself. you might be. Oh, yep. that's awesome. Too funny. Uh, so I'm sitting here snacking on some delicious cookies you brought in too. Uh, a little, a little treat that the audience can have. At, and what, what am I eating? They're delicious. That is a brown edged butter cookie, oh, man. and it's made with European butter, so it has a higher fat content. And the butter gets brown in the oven around the edges, so you taste that nutty uh, brown butter flavor. Absolutely, but yeah, it's, it's a simple, simple cookie. It's really delicious though. It's like rich and creamy. Yeah, they definitely get that strong butter flavor too. Yep. It's really good. Um, do you do any classes that are focused on like the baking side as well? We usually have a baking component in most classes. Okay. Uh, for instance, in the Mediterranean class this week, we're doing a, a spiced honey cake. Oh, it's really nice. Oh, it's a nice delicious. cake. Oh, yeah. I'm just sitting here now. I'm just gonna, I keep getting lost in the thought. Every time you say <laughs> something delicious, I'm like, all right, audience, give me a second to edit around that. <laughs> So something I've been asking everyone, especially as all of our employees are pretty well tenured, what's some of the strangest or most interesting things you've seen since being a part of the jungle? Oh, wow. Um, We have seen a lot of things. I think one of the most interesting things um, I saw is when one of the big television networks came and was interviewing Jungle, Mm -hmm. and they asked him what was the most popular item or something in the store, and he said camel humps, and they (laughs) believed him. (laughs) That's good, and what a Jungle answer, too. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. What would you, What I guess as far as the cooking school goes, like what's the best process of that? Is it all through the website? Like how do we get involved? Right now it is through the website. For the last 25 years, we've done uh, primarily by mail, Okay. And over the last year and a half, everything went um, online and virtual, and we decided just to keep it that way. Uh, a lot of our students are able to get on and sign up online. If they can't, they can always call the school, and we can we can help them get signed up. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So I want to back up a little bit and just talk about the transition into this role for you. Like, how did that how did that come about? 
I always loved to cook and had been in healthcare for many years. My background, I have a master's in social work um, and went to cooking school at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, okay. La Varenne, which is from Burgundy, France, the lady who owned it, Ann Willen came to the Greenbrier every year and did classes. So I went for a week every year for 10 years and it was still just a fun thing to do. Sure. Had sort of transitioned from healthcare a little bit and I worked as a private and a personal chef for a while and then met uh, the old director here at Jungle Gyms and started teaching some classes and it just went from there. Wow, that's awesome. It sounds like so much fun too. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing that I mean, again, most, I know I keep talking on the show about how unique the store is in general, but like, I can't think of another store like this that also offers the opportunity for you to like learn how to use the products in it, you know? Right. Right. And really, if you can't find it here, you don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any particular ingredients that you really like to uh, throw in there that are somewhat on the odd end that you might not find at a traditional grocer? We try not to be too far out there, mm-hmm. um, especially during the virtual classes for the sure. last year and a half, because not everybody has a Jungle Gyms right. to shop at. Um, we try to offer suggestions for substitutions mm-hmm. if if it is something a little bit different. Um, but if the camel humps are un- unavailable, if they're not available, <laughs> we would try something else. I'm so intrigued by the virtual classes because I thought about doing a lot of things like that myself over the the pandemic and then just never took the plunge thinking I'm like, will I even focus on this properly, you know? But did you find the engagement was pretty similar? That's sort of something I've been curious about in general with everybody going virtual in the last few years is that I'm assuming you'd probably prefer having in class sessions to an extent. You know, there's good things about virtual. It was nice to see people from all over the United States who otherwise couldn't um, be a part of the school. And it was the only way we could offer classes at the time. And I was surprised at how many people took one and then came back and came back and came back. Yeah. Um, I did a, a class for Miami University for their, oh. uh, they had a, um, a winter college alumni weekend. Uh, they had over 400 people who participated in the class. It was real popular, and we're doing it again in February just because it worked out so well. For Miami as For well. Miami, yeah. Oh, and there are people, they were all over the place um, cooking. So that was that was kind of fun. Did they have any favorite items in the uh, menu? Have they requested that you bring back again? I, I'm going to guess they're going to do a different menu because I think it'll be a lot of the same people. Oh, okay, cool. That's mm-hmm. even cooler. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. I think it's, it's sort of... Again, I think it's a testament to what you're doing here, right? That a university is looking to us as a resource. Right. You know, that's amazing. Yeah, we did um, favorites from Amelia Romagna, which are recipes from the cooking school trips that we take to Uh, Italy every year. Oh, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, We are fortunate enough to have taken over 170 people over the course of nine trips to Italy. We do Amelia Romagna and we do Tuscany. Uh, you can do one or both. We run them back to back and we're planning again for 2022. Oh, so how does one, how does one get involved in that? Do you have to be like a previous student? No, you can find information on the website. Uh, we have lots of repeaters and the word just kind of spreads. You don't have to have taken a class or be a student. And the focus is lots on eating food and wine, uh, not so much on cooking. We we do one pasta class while we're there. And other than that, it's not really cooking classes. It's more food-based food and wine. 
I'm, I'm interested in the intake too. Well, I feel like you, you know, I think about this in regards to all art forms, right? In a certain way, you need to take things in in order to know how to speak the language as it were. So I feel like opening your you know, the edible horizons, as it were, has to make you more knowledgeable in the kitchen or at least opens that door so that you can learn, you know, kind of like the deeper end of things. Sure. Try new things. Um, I learn something every time I go back there Yeah, to Italy. Absolutely. Oh, that sounds so incredible. So you're just literally touring and eating that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's completely food based. Uh, we have some free time when we're in big cities like Florence and places like that, that if people want to go to museums, um, if they've not been, there is some time for that, but it's mostly a food-related tour. How could I mean? I'd rather go to a food museum, right? <laughs> we don't even go to food museums; we just eat. Oh, that sounds incredible! Well, now I'm thinking about how I get myself on that trip next time. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Well, Lee, thank you so much for taking the time today to come join us and tell us about the cooking school. I know I am really looking forward to coming to taking one of your classes. I've wanted to do it for as long as I've been coming to Jungle, so. It's great to actually meet you. You're a real person now. I am a real person. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Not just virtual friends anymore. And thank you for the cookies. I am. This is this is the taste test I needed to start my day with. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Lee. I really am looking forward to joining you for some of these classes. I think it'd be a ton of fun. I like things that are fun. And realistically, I am here to learn. And hopefully, by proxy, you all will learn through me, right? I only wanted to start as the idiot abroad. I'm hoping that then I can become the average person abroad. Now, elderberries. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, Mark, I am well aware of this powerful superfruit. Or maybe you're just like me and saying to myself, Mark, I only know about elderberries from a throwaway line from John Cleese in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Of course, there's way more to it than that. And thanks to the fine people of Boulderberry Farms and us here at Jungle Gyms, we want to be the first to bring this cool blue fruit to the masses and teach you all about it. So here, meet Taylor. Nice to meet you officially. What's going on? Yeah, we've had a lot of communication back and forth, and finally I'm here and <laughs> in this wild studio that you got here. We always go to the Eastgate Jungle Gyms. Ah, cool. Yes. And so I used to be a big Eastgate guy, too, until I started working here. So a little right. closer to home to me in Northern Kentucky, but I get it. They're both stores are awesome. Right. Yeah. We well, place. first off, congratulations. I mean, I know you're a relatively new company overall, but of course, congratulations on being in the stores. That's so cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, you know, it just... I've got to give credit to um, my wife who's helped me so much, the Lord and, you know, the, you know, in the rain, you know, and helping us <laughs> in the weather and the nature and everything. And that's, you know, just so that's a, you know, being a grower is, you know, you deal with all the elements. And, I can't even imagine. You know, it's uncontrollable, but, you know, we love it. And thank you. I appreciate being okay. Yeah. Well, so I'm holding in my hands right now for the audience, a bag of your dried elderberries. So I'm going to just go ahead and kick this off by tasting them. Is that cool? Yeah. If you want to eat them dry, they're a little chewy. How should I, is this yeah, the just, proper way? Just, yeah. Just, just take a, look, a couple of dried berries, put them on the front of your teeth, right there in the, in the front, keep them up there and kind of chew them up like front of teeth, chew them up. Mm -hmm. um, the dried <laughs> berries aren't typically consumed raw, straight, okay. even though they've been cooked over. Usually, um, Consumers are taking the dried berries and um, measuring out a portion and mm -hmm. putting them in a boiling water okay. and letting it simmer immediately. There's a lot of stuff right now on Google that you can find on how to, you know, cook elderberries and make syrups mm -hmm. and make jams Ooh. and different type of products that you can get from the dried berry. Um, 
but you do, yeah, you, you really focus on what the extract, what you're pulling out of it. Sure. And that's where all the wonderful things are. It's got that like rich berry flavor and almost kind of in a little way, almost maybe reminds me of like a currant. Would that be it? Do you think yeah, that'd be an accurate? Yeah, yeah, those are all the same type of blue fruits. You know, that's a otherwise I was going to embarrass myself. That's a great. That's a classification that that that's legitimate. That a lot of people haven't heard of is the term blue fruits. Yeah, what does that mean? Um, a blue fruit is a um, is a smaller category of all fruits that um, encompass the type of um, fruits like berries that have higher antioxidants, that have higher brick levels, mm-hmm. and um, have a lot of good nutrition and vitamins and um, elderberries, um, Japanese hascups, um, aronia berries, blueberries, mm-hmm. and even blackberries, I believe, are all in this classification. Okay. And, um, and they're growing here in the United States. It and is we're interesting. To to grow. Yes. Well, it's like, you know, it's one of those things that I'd say in the last few years, I've started to hear a lot of mentioning of elderberries. And I was, you know, I was like, oh, are they the oldest berries? No, well, yeah, well, they are. Yeah, well, they are a very old berry and ancient. I mean, you go back to to the man, I think um, Hippocrates said mm-hmm. it, they were the plant was nature's medicine chest. And that's because mm-hmm. they have been using all parts of the plants from the roots, stems, leaves since, you know, ancient times mm-hmm. and doing all sorts of derivatives from those as far as, you know, skin you know, discomfort, um, diarrhea, um, you know, um, itchy eyes. Yeah. And um, they've used all that. And kind of the elderberry has recently rebirthed itself here in the United States um, due to all the wonderful research that's been done to prove what elderberries are doing, you know, for humans and yeah. our health. And, um, and the science continues, you know, um, the University of Missouri has done a lot with the horticultural studies, you know, of elderberries as far as um, Alzheimer's, dementia, no preve- stroke prevention. And a wonderful announcement that was just released is that the USDA recently um, gave a, um, granted another couple million dollars um, to this brain research that they're doing in the, to continue this research they're doing. Um, at the University of Missouri on elderberries and wow. going and doing scientific studies and taking patients and seeing what can do long term for, you know, those type of ailments. No kidding. So, yeah, there's I mean, the research with elderberries hasn't even really begun. And but the big one that's gotten everybody going is the research where they have proven that the antioxidants um, and the different varieties of antioxidants, you know, how it does against influenza. Right. And how it affects, you know, the common flu. And, um, and what's been proven in, in studies in Australia and at the University of Missouri is that the anthocyanins and the different type of elements in these antioxidants work in different ways to keep the flu virus cells from dividing mm-hmm. and in prevention. Wow. So there's different multiple facets that, you know, the elderberry derivatives, you know, and the extract and all this can really help people stay from, you know, getting the cold in the wintertime. That's amazing. And getting better, you know, and feeling good. So it's something I think that gets overlooked sometimes that are how much our diet really influences our health. Right. You know, and it's, it's kind of refreshing to hear that there's been a lot more research on that recently, especially with regards to fruits and things of this nature, you know, because otherwise, you know, I'm like how many, uh, 
Tylenol cold and flu do I really want to take when I could just honestly probably adjust my diet and get a lot of the same effects exactly. long term too, you know, long term, really interesting, especially you're mentioning about the things like the Alzheimer's and stroke prevention too. That's wild. You know, yes, yes, we'll see where it goes. You know, it takes time to prove that type of stuff. You sure. know what I'm saying? And it takes money, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And um, and we're just thankful right now that now they have enough to continue the research for another four or five years or how long they can go. Absolutely. And and so that's just wonderful things. Another reason how kind of the elderberry has, re, has rebirthed itself in America is the fact that we have in America a different type of, I'd say, variety of elderberry that grows here. Mm-hmm. Um than what they have in Europe and what they have used. The, um, I guess, you know, the Sambucus is what elderberry is the common name of elderberry. Okay. And the American is called Canadensis versus the European is called Nigra. Interesting. Okay. And the Nigra, the European grows more in a tree-like form. Okay. And they prune it and, you know, kind of grows upward and everything. Yeah. But, but the Canadensis, the new American elderberry that's been taken natively around the United States, is more of a, a bush that grows with multiple shoots out of the ground. Oh, interesting. And you cut that, those things back at the end of the year all the way down to the ground, and they regrow. That's amazing. And, um, but what's really amazing about it all is, is we've done a lot of tests. We've ordered in some frontier elderberries that are, you know, are from Bulgaria, and we've, we've sampled some different types. And we got our berries this year um, and put them side by side. We boiled them down. You know, we did a taste, you know, test. We did a smell test, <laughs> you know, a sight test and just seeing how. Yeah. And the, the results between what's, you know, being consumed by 95% of the, you know, U.S. population is European. Oh, and wow. So, and so we wanted to do a test between, and we, and just, it was amazing how dark and rich and, and, and vibrant and sweet the our american berries were versus what we got you know on amazon so kidding i love that though yeah so we've we have you know potentially you know a superior plant here that we're growing in the united states that's going to offer so much more benefits than you know what typically has been taken around here so so that that's that gets me pumped up you know right there just sure (laughs) i can see dude your excitement is palpable i knew that when we first started chatting when you're like i could talk all day about elderberries and i was like Sounds great. I'm into it. Yeah, you know? and it's an amazing plant. It gets big old huge flowers in the spring on it. And, um, you know, then you beautiful. get to watch them turn into berries and then harvest and and shake them down, man. Yeah. And get them de-stemmed <laughs> and get them clean and sanitized all, all organically. Yeah. And that's been, you know, the big thing that we've done since the very beginning is that I, you know, got... Um, the state of Ohio is very fortunate to have such a wonderful um, organization called the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association. Mm-hmm. Like some call it OFA, others call it OAFA. Okay, up there in Columbus, and they actually did all my certification for our farm for our crop. But at the same time, they were just wonderful consultants, you know, in in assisting me through this process, helping me make decisions. And um, shout out to Eric Pawlowski, who's helped me tremendously up there. He's been a good guy for me, and um, and yeah. So we got we were uh, we are historically Ohio's first ever certified organic elderberry crop, 
you know, ever in history. You know, it hasn't really made it to Ohio yet. We're trying to get some farms going. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's a blessing. No well, doubt. And I think your success speaks to it. I mean, I was, I was perusing your Facebook page and just reading that you're like, oh yeah, the harvest is up. Like, I mean, you were had them for what, like maybe a month, something like that. And you were blown out almost instantly. Right? right. Yeah. Harvest came on us quick. Um, we had to figure it out. And, um, we got, you know, a, a very clean product that looked good. And, you know, we weren't real hasty on picking the berries that weren't ripe yet, you know, when we waited and, um, we feel like, you know, what you guys have in your stores here is, is primo is the best we could have done with all our soil amendments and big, beautiful bushes in their second year. Yeah. And yeah. So if we have any left, you know, people can come and buy history. Seriously, yeah. and I'm, I mean, again, thank you for sharing some of it, too. No the flavor really is delicious. I really liked, I mean, again, I know I described it fairly decently before, but it's got that really rich, you know, you call it, what, they were blue fruits, you said, right? Yes, yes. It's weird how you can really associate a color with the way it tastes, too, right? When you started mentioning some of the other similar yes. fruits in that category, I'm like, oh, yeah, you can t taste, they're all like cousins, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, <laughs> they all got that dark, rich, you know, yeah. and it, a lot of it's contributed to a little term called bricks, okay. which is the short content oh. in the berries and you can and you can measure that and um you know a lot of you know things can be determined taste is a big determinant of how much bricks you know are in your berries um how rich they are i had a basically. feeling i would learn a bunch of new terminology today when we were you just thought bricks were something they built a right exactly it's a different a kind of foundation with, right? in this case right <laughs> bricks with an x i love it yeah it's sweet that's so fun well now i'm excited about trying to make some like I, you know, I just saw it on the back of the bag too. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I bet I can make a good tea out of this. Yeah. Um, well, they use the flowers is, is a great, there we go. Is a great way. They harvest the flowers and they, they kind of do the same thing they do with the berries with so boil them down and extracting the good stuff and elderflower tea. It's yeah. There we are. Rice. Yeah. So I'm going to ask, has this been your passion forever or how did you get into the, the world of elderberries? Well, I'll try to keep this short. Um, you don't have to. Get wild if you want. Uh, yeah, you got, well, we got an hey, hour I'll, of an I'll, episode I'll, I'll to fill. Worst case, my, I'll so. try to tell you the history of my life in 30 seconds. Okay. Sounds okay. good. I'm into it. All right. <laughs> well, um, I turned 40 in December, and I'm a husband. I'm a father. And right now, I'm basically running around, flying by the seat of my pants right now, trying to transition from 15 years in the landscaping business, okay. which turned into hardscaping. You know, I've owned my own company. Okay. I was going to say what well, hardscape Hard is boulders, you okay. know, a lot of different, you know, features, boulders, sure. retention walls and stuff like that. Gotcha. I've done that. This will be my 15th year. You know, I've got two little girls right now and you know, I'm trying and I, we've been blessed with a 175 acre family farm in Morrow. Amazing. And so, you know, you know, the goal is to transition here out of the landscape business and become, you know, and be, grow something that I can be passionate about and that's profitable that can sustain that farm out there and sustain our livelihood. You know, I'm not trying to get rich off all this, but you know, it's, you know, you know, having that type of acreage is a blessing, but it's also a burden, you know? So, right. you know, finding the right kind of cash crop that's profitable and uh, maybe getting into some other type of stuff. We've got aronia berries going in and the blue fruits we're expanding into okay. most definitely, but Thinking about getting some livestock there, Mark. Getting, uh, getting some sheep. Getting that'd some, be fun. Yeah. Um, I see. So, I secretly want a goat, but I don't know what I would do with it besides well, hang out. You know, the alt. A lot of people here in Ohio don't know about the ultimate homesteading little 
<laughs> livestock. I'm so excited right about. now. There's a little pig that they have that actually was just re- reintroduced to the world because it was an extinction over in New Zealand, and they brought it back no and brought it. It's called the Cooney Cooney pig. Okay. And they're small, little docile, little hairy, little multicolored, little sweet-tempered little pigs <laughs> that actually produce a very rich and marbled red um, pork. Really? And they take a lot of meat out of their faces, and it's a different type of pork. It's a more nutritious type of pork. Awesome. And um, you can see that, but they're also awesome pets, man. If anybody yeah. wants something, you know, have a small little farm, right. something that doesn't get too big, that's manageable. Yeah. Something that kind of roots a little bit or less. You know, rooting is, here's another term, rooting. No, I actually you know, don't root, know that. No. Roots, all Late pigs root. Um, and they dig around and try to dig nutrients out of the ground. And they basically, they dig holes, they lift up, and they kind of make a mess in pastures. Sure. And since these pigs have very shorter, snorter, shorter snouts, mm-hmm than, you know, typical feeder pigs, they don't root as deep. Okay. So they're not as hard on pastures. Oh. So they have all these great characteristics, and they're cute and sweet, and I can put my two-year-old with our boars and <laughs> not worry about it. So we've got those. So if you guys want to check out our website, we've got a bunch of, we've been gathering up all over North America. Oh, that's awesome. And got a breeding program that's going to be starting here this winter. So oh, congratulations. Piglets. That's super cool. Thank oh, you. My thank gosh. you. Yeah, that's a little other I'm sitting here going hustle. like, don't buy a pig, Mark. Don't buy a pig. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you might see some of those here one day. You That'd know, be some, amazing. Some little roasters or something. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd be into that too. It's like, I'm sitting here going, I'm torn. I'm like, I would like to eat one, but also like to have one as a pet. I'm like, can right. I have the best of both worlds? Right. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, we, we've, I found that right off the bat with research, elderberries was a thing. And that's, I we already know that's something we can be passionate about, you know, yeah. helping people, you know, feel better. Right. And, um, and so, you know, I've got a little bit more landscaping I need to finish out and, you know, but next year, hopefully by this time next year, I'm full bore into Boulderberry Farms and sure. developing the farm and putting stuff in and hitting the farmer's markets. I have, we didn't even have no time to get in the farmer's markets this year because we, you know, we, and I was looking forward to that, you know, being there and representing, yeah. but, you know. Well, there's always next year there's too, always right? next year. Well, I love to hear that the growth has been like explosive. You know, I mean, the idea that you haven't even had time to go to do some of the traditional sales methods is kind of awesome, I would assume, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But we're hoping to have more next year. And we know with more berries, that's going to come a lot more effort than we put in this year since we <laughs> sold out so fast. So, you know, we're ready to throw down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, my, oh. wife, my wife has been a wonderful, tremendous help to me as far as um, labeling, packaging, website she divine you know got in there and never done it before and designed it all by herself and yeah the site looks great as i was telling you off air but i love the logo yeah. too it's a great design thank she you did an excellent job what was it like getting into jungle gyms i you know i've had a few customers come in but that's a question i haven't asked anyone and since this is your first podcast ever i feel like you'd be a good this will be a good time for me to ask that question for the first time um what I first did is stopped um, in the department where I thought our product might be sold, talked mm-hmm. to the person that was working in there, and they gave me, you know, somebody's email address. Yeah. Um, dropped Miss um, Duvall her, uh, an email, and she got me in with her, Andrea, her accomplice over there, yeah. and um, we set up a meeting. I got in and did my spiel and, you know, showed them what we got my you and know, here we are, right? And, and here we and here we are. That's so and, cool. you know, we didn't get too much in this year because we, you know, had very little. But you know, we're excited to see how it does. You yeah, know? absolutely. 
Well, and I mean, that's anything. And look, one of the things I like so much about the Jungle Gyms brand is I think they really respond to passionate creators in general, right? I think that's why I'm here. I think that's why your product's in stores now, too, because you're in both stores, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Right. We're in both stores. And um, what surprised me about Jungle Gyms is, you know, you go in here, it's an international food market. You find all sorts of stuff from the far ends of the earth. Right. But as much interest that they put on the local, you know, grower, the local, you know, person that's making products trying to get in here, you know, is, is kind of underseen because this is an international food market, but the emphasis on here is awesome. Yeah. And they're getting to know people personally and develop relationships and they've already been, you know, just great at ushering me in and, and communicating. That's the big thing. Isn't right? it? A little set those proper expectations yeah. and keep the lines open. It's crazy how simple it is, but I think that's kind of the beauty of, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, Jungle Gyms is an independently owned company, right? And mm -hmm. so I think it's really cool that they're still investing in other independently owned companies. It's something that, you know, and I hate to sound like I'm speaking ill of the competition, but it is something that you don't see that frequently with our competitors, you know? No, not at all. Not at all. And look, they threw you in here. I mean, right, you what think, better yeah. way to communicate with your customers is yeah. to put a radio, you know. Exactly, where I can just broadcast here. anything. You can talk about anything and everything that's going on with the store. And they've been so great about it. They're like, what do you think is interesting? I'm like, well, uh, everything, <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> so it's such a wonderful Then, Well, I guess I got to shout out Joe here. But, you know, and Joe getting us connected because I was really, you know, for me, I've been using social media as well as obviously people in store to just go like, what is something interesting that's going out there? Who are other passionate people like me that really want to tell me about what they're doing and, mm -hmm. and care about it? You know, and I mean, honestly, dude, from the moment I met you, you were just you had that good energy. And like you said it really well before, you're like, we're interested in creating a product that helps people, you know, and I right. think that's really kind and a noble cause. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. Well. Yeah, and they're delicious that too. Means a lot, man. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. Well, thanks for doing it. You know, it's a, it, a sometimes a uh, how should I say an increasingly rare trade, <laughs> uh, but hopefully not. I, I believe we can turn the tide. So cool. So Taylor, if somebody wants to learn a little bit more about you all, how can they engage with you on social, your website, and all that stuff? Um, probably the best way is to check out our Facebook page, and through that you can find our website, which is www.boulderberry.com. Um, but on Facebook, Boulderberry Farms, um, cool. give us a like and we'll just, we just keep updating what we got going on. You know, I'm just throwing random stuff on there that I think, you know, could potentially trigger some thought in some people. So, yeah. So yeah, check that out. And, um, another big thing is if you're thinking about ever trying to grow elderberries on Ooh, your yeah. small farm homestead, or even in your backyard, um, please reach out. You know, I've, you know, I've started doing this from scratch and didn't know anything in kind of understanding everything. Now I feel like I could be able to help a lot of people get started growing their berries, you know, get some sticks in the ground and do it efficiently and cost effectively. Yeah. So yeah, please reach out, call me. See, you know, I my love numbers that. on there. So that's so cool. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope, I'm, excuse me. I hope a bunch of people do. That'd be so fun. I think it's so cool when you all, and you know, again, I've been really lucky with the people I've met so far in my time here, but I've been really, it's really awesome to me to see someone like yourself who's like, hey, yeah, I'm doing this thing. And you know what? I'll help you do the thing too, if you're interested in it too. Exactly. You know? And the demand is so big for, for what we have here. You know, I'm not worried about competition. You know, yeah. we just need to get everybody growing, you know, and, and turn this and make America a little bit more healthier. Exactly. Because of this. So yeah, there's room for all of us to succeed. I feel like Room that's the theme of the of show, you know? Yeah, we yes, can all sir. eat. It'll be good. So, well, Taylor, thank you so much for coming out. I really appreciate it. I think we should set a repeat visit for you a year from today. 
Okay. And then bring you back to see what next year's like, and we can just update based on the show. If you'd be interested in that. Count on it. Yeah. Oh, or, or, you know, I mean, honestly, you're welcome back anytime. So if you have anything fun going on that you'd like, just hit me up. Seriously. Yes. Next year, we can definitely do some taste some taste testing. That'd be fun. Well, maybe I'll come so, out to the farm. That would actually be a lot of fun. Come out to the farm. We'll do a remote interview. Oh, uh, that would be good. On a boat or something. Uh, perfect. <laughs> Even boat. better. Right? I'm sure we have one here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time, Taylor. I am actually turning the elderberries that you left with me into syrup as we speak. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that turns out as I've never tried to make any sort of syrup before. Look at me, just breaking boundaries, trying out new things. All thanks to Jungle Gyms and the people that we help bring into the world. Well, one more reminder here to go pick up a pack of our new beer collab with 50 West so we can all drink it together next week on the show. Of course, send me an email at podcast at junglegyms.com if you want to give me some feedback on the show or call and leave me a message at 513-674-6855. In addition to the upcoming brew episode, we've got some other good stuff on the way. I'm working on some international holiday content. I'm talking about chocolates. I've got seafood secrets with one of the most interesting people I've met in my time here. I Seriously, I feel like I've been prepping for this for a while and i'm really glad that uh, we're gonna have the seafood episode coming up soon and of course a ton more hit me up at my email or the phone if you want to help shape the content not only am i making this for me and all of us here at the jungle i'm making it for you so you can be as involved as you'd like to be or you can just hang out and just keep writing nice reviews where you say cool things about me i'm way into that as well <laughs> all right everyone until then i'll see you out in the aisles The Jungle Gyms podcast is recorded in the WJJI studio inside Jungle Gyms International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. The Jungle Gyms podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Borison.